Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Today is Sunday, October 18th. We woke up today at Clemson 6-0, and life is good. Uh, welcome back, guys. Thank you for tuning in. This is our Game 6 recap episode. Clemson played and defeated Boston College this weekend um, in dramatic fashion, and we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Um, firstly, just wanted to take the chance to plug ClemsonPodcast.com. Uh, there you can take a look at some of our previous recordings, uh, we do a little write-up whenever we post, so um, be sure and have a look there. Um, alternatively, not sure how you found out about us, but you can definitely access the podcast through your favorite podcasting platform. Um, you can search for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any app that you use. You should be able to find the podcast there. Um, some folks prefer to subscribe to us, so whenever we push a new episode or show, um, that automatically gets, gets to you. So take a look there. Um, another quick plug, we are on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, occasionally we'll post links to articles um, and other, you know, we hope compelling content out there. So take a look, give us a follow, um, and feel free to comment and, um, you know, start a discussion with us if you like. Uh, so boys, before we get into this, this preview, um, any, anything noteworthy going on around the table? We're all uh, moving a little bit slow this morning, I think. Yeah, it wasn't as it wasn't like the same post game celebration as the Notre Dame game, but it was just like you know, just kind of a very odd game, and kind of the aftermath was kind of odd too. But good football all around. Yesterday. It was a great day for football. There was a lot of great games going on. So yeah, it was kind of fun just to sit back and watch all day from nine in the morning through nine at night. Definitely, I mean, great great action even even in the morning slot. Um, you know, I watched the Florida State and um, Louisville game, which was actually a much closer game till about the mid part of the second half um, when Florida State kind of took off at that point. But yeah, great day of football overall. I always like having Clemson in a night game spot, um, both for us out here on the West Coast lets you get stuff done in the morning. And then to see Death Valley in that atmosphere at night, you know, is always really the best way to take in a game. So um, I guess let's get into it. Um, Clemson hosted Boston College coming into the game. They were the number one ranked defense nationally across a number of different metrics. Um, we knew they were going to play us tough on that side of the ball, and we were going to need to get um, really a, a great performance out of our offense to be able to establish any type of big lead here. So the fact that we won by you know basically three scores, I even think we could have put up more than um, 34 points um, than we did, um, all things considered. But to put up 532 yards of total offense on this BCD, I think was all you needed to know about this football game. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say it again. I mentioned it, I think, after the last game. We haven't put together a, a total, complete game yet from, from beginning to end, I don't think. I mean, yeah, we won handily uh, last night. Um, felt like we were in control the whole game, and felt that way really the whole season in every game we've been in. But we still haven't put together a complete game. There's still a lot of errors and a lot of things we need to fix and get better at. Yeah, I mean, it's good that we're saying, you know, we're 6-0 we're and now, and we're, we're saying, you know, it's not perfect, but we know... We're still playing at like a, like a B plus, maybe even B minus type level, but we need to get to that at least an A A plus if we have a chance of, of making it to the playoff, of contending for a championship. 
Um, but not getting ahead of ourselves, um, we did have a good game on offense. Boston College's defense, maybe not ranked, maybe not the number one defense in the nation like they came into the game ranked, but uh, but still a good defense, and we were able to put up some points. So at least we're, we're improving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we, some might have said they might have expected this to be sort of a low-scoring game, you know, two really strong defenses coming in. Um, I think it was a bit more of a, I mean, a bit more movement of the football, a lot more total yards than anyone would have predicted or expected, both from us, but even on their their offense as well. Um, one thing one thing that I've read in a couple of recaps is true. Like I feel like Clemson's starting field position. This must have been our worst all season, and I think a lot of that is actually on our special teams play, not necessarily like our defense um, stalling their drives in midfield. Well, their punter had a really good game, too. He was phenomenal. and Yeah, they really pinned us back. And I think part of that, too, was they do have a good defense. Yeah, we put up 34 points, and we could have put up more. But we have a prolific offense, really, when you get down to it. We have a lot of uh, really good skill position players, and our offensive line has been solid all year. Um, but, yeah, this game is weird. It seems like we were always starting uh, with the ball from, you know. Inside the 20, Inside our own 20, yeah. Right. There was a moment there, I think, in the first quarter. I was, I was kind of concerned. I mean, probably right after they scored that touchdown, our offense didn't didn't look so hot. Deshaun Watson threw two interceptions, uh, at least at least the first interception. I was thinking, wow, this might be a game. And I, I didn't feel like we had control at all. I mean, things turned around quickly, but yeah, it, it was kind of scary there. I I felt like we had control because even though we fell behind for the first time this season, I was fully confident that their offense was not going to be able to keep up with ours and we mentioned this in the preview episode is that we thought their best chances to score were going to be off of turnovers and you know as it turns out they got 10 points I think coming off of turnovers indeed um but maybe sticking with our offense here to to take a look back at at what happened um you know to start the game I think we had our offense was was two-sided we had Wayne Gallman run plays between the tackles and we had what seemed like Deshaun Watson throwing deep balls. And those either resulted in underthrows, nearly picked, or some penalties um, on our receivers, or we had Wayne Gallman kind of dancing around a little too much and not really moving the ball. So what I liked, and I think Cody, I mean, this kind of jives with your comment, um, you know, it looked kind of dicey there a little bit to start. I liked that the offensive play callers made adjustments, found ways to look for kind of cracks in that, that vaunted Boston College off, or sorry, defense. Um, move the ball around to different skill players, get Deion Kane involved, get Zach Brooks in there. Um, and it's great. I mean, we talk about an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions. That really shown in this game. And I also like the kind of pivot that the coaching staff made. Yeah, they did a good job of, of adjusting. And initially, yeah, there were a ton of deep balls. I was kind of surprised at how, how much they were trying to air it out, almost like I don't know if that was just, you know, trying to trying to really prey on the, you know, one of the weaknesses of Boston College or or if it was just, hey, we're not taking this team seriously. We're trying to beat them 50 to nothing, kind of like Baylor tries to do to every opponent. But I also think Deshaun Watson has great touch. He was overthrowing some wide receivers. Um, I almost think that's a little bit intentional just because of the interceptions. Uh, you know, if it's New Hopkins, you can underthrow it, and you feel confident that he's going to get it. But some of these guys um, just haven't proven. You know, Mike, Willi- Mike Williams isn't out there. He's not, and it's, it seems like he's, he's leaving it about five yards ahead of him, probably on purpose. Well, for me, it's clear that we came in with a game plan and we stuck to it, and that was to throw the ball deep. Yeah, we were kind of looking around at each other. Why were we throwing the ball deep so many times early on in the game? 
Uh, but that really is a reaction to how good their defense really is, especially against the, the run. Their defensive line, they really play their gaps and their assignments well, and they shut us down in the run game. So the game plan going in was to throw the ball deep. And I think Deshaun Watson was a little shaky at first. He had some overthrows and some underthrows. But as we saw things evolve in the second half to where his touch on the football got a lot better, and he started dropping those balls in there nicely. If that's going on in the first half, we're not questioning this at all. Yeah, and I think one other thought, you know, the offensive line wasn't great. We saw Quack and Tiger, he wrote that they look like they're putting on a few pounds. They, they they just weren't getting the push. They came out a little flat. Maybe it's the point in the season where they're eating too much, uh, too many Bojangles mills and uh, maybe not taking it as serious. I, I don't know the, I don't know what the, maybe it's just Boston College's defense. You know, they're, they're pretty solid up front. But I will say a little bit, maybe Deshaun Watson taking the next step is on him dissecting the blitz and seeing that coming and looking for that that quick route and, and, and trying to kind of offset it there. But, I mean, he did get swarmed a lot and took way too many hits. Yeah, and part of that you could say is on, I think, um, the Kraken mentioned in his recap um, that Zach Brooks had like a missed pass protection pickup that resulted in a hit of Deshaun that led to an interception, directly that's, to an interception. That's second interception. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think just across the board, like having, I, I think what you're saying, Cody, is like having the presence of mind or the awareness of, what are his, like, not primary, secondary options, but, like, tertiary receiver or who's, like, his safety valve on the outside to just dump the ball off or as long as he's out of the pocket, throwing it away um, just to avoid a hit. I think, you know, you can, you can look throughout the NFL at um, quarterbacks who, you know, are very mobile, very aware, but if they take too many hits, it can build up, you know, and end of season. Yeah, so. those, those injuries take their toll as the season goes along. That's where Zach Brooks has really emerged. Uh, he's a solid number two back now. He stepped up into that role, and he's a great kind of balance to Wayne, uh, to Wayne Gallman. Mm-hmm. Um, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, his quickness and speed, he looked really good to me yesterday. I'm really excited about what he's going to do for this offense moving forward. It's just another dynamic piece to the puzzle that we have. Yeah, he looked great, and I don't know, it's kind of odd, he can't, he's coming back from a knee injury, it looks like he's gained a step, he looks a little bit faster than he has previous, uh, earlier in his career, and maybe that's because he's he's not, he's getting away from trying to be a bruising back, he's trying to be more of that, like you said, dynamic threat, who can also go on the outside, and I, I, that's great, it, it adds, it, it, you're exactly right, it adds a really nice element that we didn't wouldn't otherwise have, so... Very exciting to see him emerge. Is this our kind of Thunder Lightning 2.0? No, I'm not going to put them in the same level as, as Spiller and James Davis. But we got Gallman, the big you know running runner who just runs people over. <laughs> and then we got Brooks, the speedster guy that can get to the outside. Okay, maybe not Thunder Lightning 2.0, 1.5 maybe? Well, we'll say this. I, I came into the year saying there's no reason Clemson shouldn't have a good running back because I don't think we had a good running back. Or we didn't, we didn't uh, no one had really really short up that spot. And I can say right now that we at least we have two good running backs. Maybe not a great running back, but two good ones. Yeah, I think neither of these guys are giving you like burner speed, even Zach Brooks, um, but the his mobility and his um, deftness with, with his hands um, as a receiver, receiving threat, I think gives us like a good one-two punch there. And I'm, I'm, I'll leave it at that, but I'm pretty pretty pleased with our flexibility there. It's yeah, gonna wait. open up a lot of stuff up for us. Feaster coming in next year, exciting things at that position. Guys, let's pivot a bit to our um, passing offense and our, our receiver play. Um, we do miss Mike Mike Williams. Maybe he's getting those balls that we look at were overthrown or even underthrown going up and getting those balls. Um, that being said, they spread the ball around quite a bit in this game. And there were a couple of highlight plays, not necessarily, not, not necessarily plays, but performances that I like us to call out. Um, Deion Kane, 
I think coming in and he's pretty much taken over that that boundary um, receiver position, um, playing on the outside, just put tons of moves on guys in this game. Um, had a phenomenal game. That juggling catch he had, that was a thing of beauty. Yeah. I um, mean, we it's ridiculous how much talent we have in our wide receiver core. Um, to where a guy like Hunter Renfro, a walk-on freshman, could come in and make such a big impact too. I mean, we're spoiled, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and Trevion Thompson got a little bit of action. We need these guys to not just step up for this year, but also next year. Deion Kane, really quick, I, we, there were a lot of comparisons to Sammy Watkins with him. And I, I definitely, I see it. I saw it a lot uh, when, he, when he made that move, uh, beat the guy after the catch, uh, almost ran for the touchdown. You can see it. He, he doesn't look he's quite there yet um, in terms of, uh, I, he looks, I, I compare him to like a puppy that's not fully grown. He's, you got to lay out for that pylon. Like Superman into that end zone <laughs> yeah, on that big run. Yeah, he, he probably should have made it into the uh, into the end zone there. But I'm just glad to see him. Now that we have a guy that can also high point the ball, that can go after it aggressively, but also a guy that can get yards after the catch. Speaking of high pointing the ball, I know Sharon Peak missed, uh, should have laid out for that deep ball. Uh, but he had one really nice catch where he went up and got the ball, and that's that's exciting to see out of him. I'm really pulling for this guy. He's been injured so much in his career. We talked about this before. And we've, he's been taking some heat this year, and deservedly so a lot of times with some of his missed catches. Um, and he's not going to live up to what Mike Williams is able to do. He's not going to step in and fill that role. I don't think that's the type of the receiver he is. Um, but he is another solid part of this offense. So really great to see him to make adjustments and develop and get better as the season goes along. Yeah, and then Jordan Leggett. I mean, they're using him in, in, in very uh, – he, they only had two catches yesterday, but – I mean, they were both for touchdowns. I mean, he, he's looking, he looks really good, and they're using him. The, the Skelliot are doing a good job utilizing him. He's, he's uh, at a point this year where we hoped he would be last year. So, yeah, he's finally starting to live up to our expectations, and that's really good to see. Definitely. I, he even, I, I noted on a few of the longer Gallman and Zach, Brook, Zach Brooks runs that um, you could visibly see Leggett picking up like key blocks in the second, second level. Um, that really enabled our running game to continue to be great. So tremendous to see. And then it uh, just keeps going. We're going down the list here. But Artavis Scott had an incredible, um, basically just smoked his guy um, down the right side for one of the best thrown balls I've seen Deshaun Watson um, throw in his career. And we talked about Watson shaky throwing at the beginning of the game. He had two really great balls. He had that one to Scott and then one to Jordan, Jordan Leggett there in the court in the end zone. He placed those perfectly. But yeah, Artavis Scott, 162 yards uh, receiving on the day. Uh, he looked he looked fantastic. Yeah, and quick shout out to Jermon Hopper, who I think had a couple of receptions. Yeah, uh, he had a couple of nice catches. There's 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 like you said, there's a lot of <laughs> embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position, and hopefully Deshaun Watson can continue to you know uh, jive with uh, with Artavis Scott for those post routes. Well, short of us kind of reporting on what we, what looked good, I think. To think about this Boston College team, yes, they're the number one defense coming in, but they hadn't faced a who have the, they played a team like yeah. Clemson that has this many threats and weapons. Florida State for sure has, um, you know, Kermit Whitfield. They've got a number of good weapons, but they do not have kind of the the stable of guys that Clemson's putting out there. So, um, nor will the other defenses we play this year. Let this ambulance pass. Uh, <laughs> nor will any of the other defenses we play this year face the same type of. Um, barrage of receiving weapons that we have. 
I think it really just falls squarely on Deshaun, though, to, to find those receivers, get the ball spread around. Well, let's talk about this Boston College defense. It was our game plan to go in and try to beat them over the top, but as far as our running game goes, they really shut us down, and they pushed our offensive line around. I mean, Deshaun Watson got hit a lot. There was They got a lot of pressure on him, even in the passing game. Um, this is the first time this year we've really seen this offensive line take kind of a step back. Um, granted, they were playing against a really good defense, but if they're going to improve and continue to get better and we'll be able to hang with some tougher teams, we need to see them have better games than this. Yeah, it, it didn't look good, and Deshaun Watson did take way too many hits. Uh, I think Quacken Tiger or the Kraken said it that some of those were late hits and the referees didn't call it. Um, not good. He had the ice pick on at the end of the game. But, yeah, they didn't get the push. And also Wayne Gallman wasn't the same Wayne Gallman we've seen all year. He was, he was dancing around kind of like he did a little bit last year. And, but there wasn't, there wasn't anywhere to run. I mean, let's, let's be clear. Let's be honest. I mean, there, there was nowhere to run. I mean, Zach Brooks found some room around the outside a few times where I think Gallman didn't turn it upfield like he should have. Uh, chalk this up to a learning moment. He's not going to be perfect every single game. Uh, let's just learn what we can from this and move forward. I also think chalk it up to playing a tremendous run D, as they have been for a while and definitely are this year. So, um, anyway, a lot of a lot of positive signs coming out of this game on offense. Any other thoughts, guys, before we flip it over to the other side of the ball? Um, again, you know our offense is really talented, and I think more than anything, I think the defense has put together some complete games this year. I don't think the offense has. So the fact that we're still able to kind of cruise and work out some kinks as the game goes along and feel comfortable enough to be able to do that. Um, and that we're still going to win the game is nice to see. But again, from game to game to game, we need to see each part of this machine continue to get better and gel because we're talking seriously now about a playoff run. And if we're going to make headway in the playoffs and actually be able to beat a solid team, this offense is going to need to work more like a well-oiled machine more than it has so far. I agree. We, we, got, we might be, like again, at a B-minus on offense. We need to get to our A-plus level. And I think that comes with a, a number of things. But the first step is being more dynamic, having more players get, in, get involved, especially to help mitigate the loss of Mike Williams. We're seeing that. I don't like the interceptions, though. We've got to get past that. Offensive line's got to keep you know, stay away from the Bojangles, keep improving. To, to be fair to the offensive line, I think we're all putting on a few pounds this time of year with college football season. <laughs> a lot of fried food and beer, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so flip side of the ball, defense Boston College scored 17 points um, their points were scored outside of the very last drive where they ran they they did um, move the ball down the field uh, I think on a short field generally we were giving them short fields on turnovers and um, I think again we did that a little bit in the Georgia Tech game but um, you know again the defense continued to look good and if, I, I don't know how much of that 17 points we should worry about in terms of a, a step back or any signs of cracks in, in this defense across the board, but I wouldn't what say do you guys think? I wouldn't say cracks in the defense. I didn't really see any cracks in the defense yesterday. I am a little bit concerned that they gave up 159 yards rushing on the day, um, and then their quarterback Jeff Smith in his first collegiate start. He's not he's not a great passer, but he has some running ability and he looked good running the ball. Um, but I think it's more so. Uh, I don't know if the defense kind of overlooked Boston College yesterday, knowing that they did, couldn't score against Wake Forest. Right. Um, they didn't score against uh, Florida State, and they only put up seven against Duke. Uh, so maybe it's kind of looking past them. I don't know. Um, I hope that's not the case because I went from game to game to game. We need to see this team focused, and that's what Dabo preaches. 
but I think they kind of had a little bit of a letdown yesterday. And they did. They definitely took a small step back, but I think that was more um, from the, the scheme wise how Brent Venables uh, he he wanted to take away the deep threat. He didn't want he didn't want them to have a home run, and he he didn't he kind of asked them to not be as aggressive. You didn't see as much, as many blitzes. Uh, they didn't, and you know they were able to run the ball on us. We, we weren't seeing BJ uh, Goodson, Ben Bulware um, up the middle to try to take out those those dives, and they were getting a few yards. It was kind of disappointing, but a lot of that came at the hands of the offense, interceptions, having good field position, and then the last touchdown was against our second teamers. So. All in all, we're, we're still a damn good defense. Yeah, I, I think Bullware maybe missed a few assignments yesterday. Maybe he was a little too over-aggressive. I saw him shoot passing plays. Um, but Scott Pagano on that defensive line, he was very disruptive yesterday. And, you know, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of, you know, there's not numbers for him like that. He's not going to get the sacks. But he really eats up the center of that line. I mean, I saw him push their center back three, four yards several times yesterday. Yeah, it felt like the Wofford game where we were doing that to their, the, their front. And um, great to see that coming back from him. Real quick aside, I mean, Scott Pagano has played really well up front. You've got Christian Wilkins, um, true freshman, coming in and being really tremendous in that spot. But we have DJ Reader coming back to the team this Monday. Um, I don't know whether he's going to come back right away and you know resume his, his position atop the depth chart there at you know the middle, middle part defensive tackle. Um, but, yeah, we continue to get more experience, more depth on a, a what we felt was potentially a weak link of that defensive line, um, and it's been nice to see. Well, and that's going to be really big. I mean, I don't think he comes back and, and gets a lot of playing time right away. I think he's got to work himself back into it, um, probably back into football shape. I don't know how that's been going for him during his time away, but the added depth is going to be huge. I kind of wish he played linebacker, so we had a little <laughs> bit more depth there. But uh, where this is going to help is that you saw us in like the Louisville game and maybe the Notre Dame game at the end as we were kind of letting them stay close and get back into the game because our defense got tired. So the more depth we have there, especially along the, the defensive line where they're probably the, the least conditioned uh, part of that defense um, is going to be a huge, uh, a, a huge shot in the arm for this line just to have guys that we can keep filtering in to keep everybody fresh. Yeah, we, we need we need this guy. This is the time type of, or uh, the time of year where a lot of guys are going down. Now we we get to add a interior lineman and an NFL player. Uh, like you said, he was pushing three forty Ben in, during the off season. Uh, he might he could be at three sixty now depending on his his dieting and exercise habits. How much Bojangles he's had? <laughs> <laughs> is there a Bojangles in Clemson? Yes. I forget. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there's I think a new one right by like. Uh, it had shut down and then it reopened. Is it okay? Yeah. Man, that Cajun filet biscuit. I could go for Chicken one right biscuits. now. Mm. They're advertising a pork chop biscuit when I was down there. I haven't tried it yet, but that could be trouble. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fast food corollary aside. Um, Great addition to the defense. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, Ben, you made a comment as soon as the news broke that we wish he played linebacker. be nice to bolster a little more depth there. Do you think the Brent, do you think the Brent Venables might try to put some of the some of the depth in the line into some interesting looks, um, maybe to give that that linebacker core, that second level, um, some help. Well, I, I, he, Venables is a smart guy, and he has a lot of different looks on defense, and he's able to think, I mean, with the talent we have, maybe mask some of the weaknesses. Um, he's We've seen an interesting uh, play between, I, I guess, like Blanks and Ryan Carter maybe at that third linebacker position. Yeah. And I almost think is you've seen – in garbage time in games this year, you've seen our defensive line um, uh, swap out to some of the younger guys, uh, second and third string guys, but you've seen the linebackers in the secondary for the most part stay in there. 
part of that makes me wonder, like, why aren't we getting some of these backups, some game experience? Um, because our third-string defensive line is is in there, do we want our uh, linebackers and secondary end to, to not give up the big play? But when I think about it more, I think about, again, talking about our defense getting tired, we were not deep at those positions, so these guys need to be conditioned to play a full game. So I think that's part of the reason. Yeah, I think you talk about linebacker, first team to second team, there's there's a steep drop-off there, and it is a bit concerning. Um, going to the, the line, uh, I think, and I, you know, I have no evidence of this, I haven't heard anything, but just my thought was Christian Wilkins, earlier in the year they talked about moving him to the defensive end if necessary. Dodd has played really well. Lawson has played really well, but it could be, I mean, if you watch Christian Wilkins, man, he's got the speed of a defensive end, but he's got the size of a defensive tackle. So he could. I mean, in a situation, if Dodd or, or Lawson were to go out, I might feel better about him than uh, maybe like a Richard Jurgen or um, uh, an Austin, true freshman Austin Bryant. So uh, I think that, that could be uh, something to look for going forward. Yeah, and I, I think the reason we haven't seen too much of the linebackers' second team is we actually haven't really had a you know, 20, 30-point lead at any point yet where it's just completely iced away. And you can you can afford to maybe give up a few big plays here and there. We we just don't care about it at that point of the game. Um, we play Miami this week. We'll obviously pro, profile that that matchup. I don't necessarily know that we're going to expect that type of big lead in that that type of game in that atmosphere. We do get NC State. You know they always play us tough. So I don't know if we'll we will have that before we get into Florida State. Um, but but we'll see. Yeah, I'm really I'm curious that we're not seeing Dorian or O'Daniel more. I mean, it's two years in a row he's kind of showed up in the in the Georgia Tech game and played well. C- Cody, why doesn't why, why do you think he doesn't get in more? I have no idea. And he he's got the speed. He's I mean he doesn't have that size. I think that Brent Venables wants out of like a an inside linebacker like a BJ Goodson, um, but like a outside linebacker. I don't know why he's not flanking uh, Ben Bulware. I, I would feel very comfortable to have him in that position. Um, not quite the same size. Not quite the same. Uh, you know big hitting ability as a Ben Bulware. I mean, who is? But yeah, I don't I have no idea why he's not in that role or they're not trying to, to get him some experience there because he's got the instincts. We saw it in the Georgia Tech game and he's, he's definitely got the speed. Guys, let's maybe bring it back to the Boston College game here quickly. Um, in terms of bright spots, I thought the secondary did a tremendous job in this game. I don't know what type of great receiver talent they have and ability to try to get separation otherwise, but um, both Mackenzie Alexander and Tankersley were making plays, batting balls down, um, really holding holding to their receivers and assignments. And even though Boston College was moving the ball here and there, I feel like it wasn't necessarily in attacking the secondary. Yeah, I mean, well, there's only so much we can say about Mac that we haven't said before. I mean, he's just a solid player. Um, and we're pulling so hard for him to get his first collegiate interception. And uh, Cody's going to buy a round of shots when that happens. We decided that yesterday. Um, Quadria Tankersley... It, he continues to look better and better. He had that one pass interfer- inter- interference call yesterday that I was a little bit on the fence about whether I thought it was or not. But otherwise, he's he's been pretty locked down. Yeah, they both look good. And I think the one thing in all the, the greatness that is McKenzie Alexander that gets lost a little bit, he's a really good tackler. He's, he's very physical. He can get off his man really quickly. Uh, close that gap and and be be aggressive and and you know he he saw it a few times yesterday he saw it in the backfield one in one play where he made a nice tackle so um, this guy's an NFL player man he's 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 good he's going to be good at the next level I don't know I don't know if he's you know in that Richard Sherman uh, 
what's a Darrell Rivas category, but he's got he's got the potential to be in that level. Which you know, if you know know about the NFL at this moment, and you know what the first round of last year's draft looked like, um, elite secondary talent is a really hot commodity right now in the league. So I would expect him to be a top fifteen pick at this point. I'm not sure where the you know Mel Kuypers of the world have him coming in, but continues keeps us up. He could be in that conversation. J. Ron Kerr starting to make some noise. What do we think about him? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he had any any of those like take your breath away plays in this game, but he seemed to be constantly in there on tackles, safety blitzes. Um, you know, the guy likes to hit hit people. So, but as far as draft wise, oh sure, yeah. I mean, um, he's a again, junior, so he's eligible to go. We we're biased. We think he's amazing. I think he is going to go out this season. Uh, if he came back for another year, that'd be a huge shot in the arm for us. I, again, we should probably research the draft boards. Um, I would I've just, just taken a single look at it, but. I would just say he's playing a lot in that nickel dime, even as more as a linebacker, and they're putting Jadar, Jadar Johnson back at safety. I would say he doesn't he doesn't project like a you know traditional safety, or I mean he does, but he's he's out of position. So I think that could be one thing that's holding him him back. Well, again, yeah, totally. We'll we'll do more research there, but he I, he definitely has a better a better chance of coming back next year than Mackenzie Alexander. Indeed. Um... Maybe one area as well that we'll need to look forward to with this coming weekend against Miami, potentially against Everett Golson, is Boston College's quarterback, Jeff Smith. Freshman, first start, um, he actually was able to get some things done on the ground. And typically that came when we had that first initial rush from our D-line come in. He was able to step through that and gain some yards um, and hurt us a little bit on the ground. We may see that from some of our other more experienced quarterback opponents coming up. So that's something that typically you would have linebacker play um, come up and you know stymie that that type of running. I think our our linebackers in spots got a little little aggressive in that first wave push. So we'll see if they make adjustments there um, to prevent like Brad Kaya from hurting us with his feet. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how your defense reacts to a running quarterback because that's kind of a wild card in a defensive scheme. Or, or when you're facing an offense with a running quarterback. Um, you know, part of it I can attribute this to is that they didn't name Smith the starter until I think Friday, so you're really kind of maybe preparing for two quarterbacks between him and Flutie. Um, and we didn't see Flutie at all in this game, I don't think, whereas they have been sharing uh, roles uh, as the season's gone on and when they lost Darius Wade, uh, I think, in the FSU game. So... Again, the fact that you don't know who to prepare for, um, I kind of attribute it to that. But overall, I think it's just part of our defense didn't really come to play as much yesterday as, as they should have. Yeah, they definitely they took their foot off the pedal a little bit, and you can't do that with our defense. You just got to let them play all out. Um, looking at Miami, you're right. I think Brent Venables has shown a propensity to – really take something away from opponents and if not take everything away from them so having that film knowing who you're going to face it's going to be brad is it kaya yeah it's kaya kaya, kaya and obviously um joseph yerby um i think i think we know what to expect and we should be ready cool so um yeah i mean i think maybe the defense was not as dominant a factor as we had expected um against the bc team that put up zero points against wake and really had a disappointing season offensively but you know they've they seem to have found their guy in Jeff Smith. Um, you know, they're, they're getting some production out of him. We were probably going to see their best possible game just from a preparation and mentality standpoint. I think it's probably pretty tough for any team to get up to play Wake Forest. So, um, you know, I'm, not, I'm overall not disappointed in any way with this defense. I think they played on short fields. Turnovers made it tough for them. That's why you saw these points happen. 
maybe it was a letdown game in some respects, but um, you know, no injuries coming out of this, which is great. And you know, going forward, I think you know, plenty of film now to learn to correct like a new style of quarterback. Yeah, and let's let's not you know get confused here. This is still a top five defense, legitimately in the country. They're not going to play their best game every game, and I think this was one of those days. What did the advanced stats say, Tolly? Yeah, um, I took a look at the S&P Plus ratings. Um, Bill Connolly of SB Nation, he has a site that he calls, I believe, Football Study Hall, where he, he looks at some advanced metrics. S&P Plus is his um, proprietary rating system that factors in a bunch of different elements. Like um, It tries to adjust for the quality of your opponent. It tries to adjust for how you played in certain game conditions. Um, when there were expectations that you exceed them, that kind of thing. He has Clemson's offense rated now as the number 13 team in the, in the country. And our defense, what was it, uh, fifth overall? Fifth ranked, defense, or fifth ranked defense. So if you add those up, sort of the aggregate of your entire team, um, we're actually the top ranked statistical team. So defensively, we've moved into the, the top five. I think by more standard metrics, like total yards per game and potentially points per game, I think we're now in the top 10. Um, BC still remains number one, even after us putting up north of 500 yards on them. So kind of shows you what they had coming into this game against the likes of like who they play like um, Florida State. Well, they did play Florida State, but some of the lesser oh. opponents. Um, Wake Forest, Duke, I think they played Howard. Howard, exactly. So um, anyway. Maine, you know, Maine and Howard. The fact Northern that Clemson Lake. is statistically through the advanced stats nerds, um, you know, statistically number one in the country has shocked me a bit. I don't know necessarily from the eye test or from would we stack up with other teams in the top five and beat them, but just by the numbers, looks like we're we're in pretty good company. Yeah, we've said it before. Again, you know, with all everything we lost on defense uh, to the draft last year, the fact that we just fill in guys and we're as good again this year, I mean, I attribute that to, to a few things. One is definitely the recruiting and then the coaching. Um, it's not just Venables, but it's the whole defensive staff that really, they're kind of our MVP uh, for this year so far. Yeah, I think it's just exciting that we're not to where we need to be. Hopefully you'll see some improvement, but if we're statistically the number one team in the country and you feel like we're only playing at you know, 80% of our potential, that's, that's, that's really good. It's so nice to be comfortable in games and know you're going to win and still be able to criticize. You're like, yeah, but we could do this better. We could do that better. Right. It's a good problem to have, I guess. Um, I guess in terms of one area that we can look at and still nitpick, still critique, turning it over to special teams, um, some of our punt return blocking and ability to get, and actually punt return activity by... Um, period. Period, yeah. Punts overall, um, not stellar, not spectacular on the Clemson side. Um, you know, expecting a bit more from our Tavis Scott. I think a lot of like lateral movement there. Just get four yards, run straight up. I know he's, he's doing that to try to break a play and continue to improve our field position, but um, that hurt us. Well, fair catch you. We're still you know not doing anything in the punt return game. And it, it seems like it seems like the, uh, the punt coverage for the opposing team is right on top of us every single time. I don't know if that has to do with um, our actual blocking to be able to keep guys away from our Arte- Tavis or teams. Uh, I mean, they're not trying to kick it short, right? They're trying to boom the ball. Um, you know, I really think Ray Ray McLeod is probably our best option at punt return, just from a, an, an ability uh, standpoint. But 
I can understand with the offense that we have that you want to play it safe and protect the football. And in that case, Artavis Scott is the best choice. I like our. I'm fine with Artavis Scott off on punt returns, just because a lot of times it does come down to a fair catch. I want the I want the guy with the safest bet to catch it. And I think that's Artavis Scott. I don't even care that much about the yards on kickoff return. That's another story where Artavis Scott is he's he's taken way too many hits. You're seeing him, and that's that's one of the beauties of him when he's um, you know when he, at wide receiver, he can knock a few guys over, but. On the kickoff return, he'll he'll get you know one guy will grab him and he'll he'll keep going and then the next thing you know you got four guys and he's swarming him. He's you know there's likelihood of an injury there. I wish they would move to Ray Ray McLeod because he's he's a little bit more dynamic, um, he's definitely faster. He's yeah he's faster. He doesn't have quite the um, the strength, but again I'd rather one hit and go down, not you know group tackling and then risk risk an injury for Octavius Scott, our best receiver. Yeah, indeed. I think we can you know among the two. It, Again, it'd be nice to get Ray Ray, McLeod, Ray Ray McLeod more reps, more time with the ball in his hands, too, to develop. Um, but in terms of injury risk, I think we lose a lot more having um, Artavis Scott go down than Ray Ray. He's the backbone of our offense, kind of. I know Deshaun Watson, obviously, but from his dynamicism as a receiver, uh, not only being able to catch the ball downfield, but the, the screens and the sweeps. Um, he's a huge part of our offense. You saw that yeah. in the uh, Oklahoma Bowl game last year. Um, special teams wise, Greg Hugel continues to, I think, you know, maintain and retain rightfully his position as our starting place kicker. Still, though, we're not getting kickoffs into the end zone. Lake have had one. Um, they went about five yards deep in the end zone. I don't know why we can't do that every time. Again, this goes back to the field position issue. I mean, not only do we want to start with good field position, we want to limit the opposing team's field position, and that starts in the kicking game, especially with how much we score. So we need to see continued improvement on that. Uh, Hugel looks solid on field goals. He keeps knocking them through the uprights, so I'm confident with him going forward. We still haven't seen him in a real, real big clutch situation yet, um, but that's likely going to come this year. We'll yeah. see what happens. Probably the next three weeks. So we'll see. Um, and lastly, I think Andy Teasdall continues to make some pretty good kicks, pretty good punts. Nearly had one blocked um, on the second offensive drive of the, of the game um, that ended up being a roughing the kicker penalty that I think rejuvenated our offense, led to a Deshaun Watson bootleg touchdown run. Um, that could have gone a different direction. And granted, I would put that mostly on the blocking. Um, they're going to need to get teased all enough time and enough room here. Um, I think it's been a couple times we've nearly had had punts blocked. Yeah, he's he's. I think it was average. This game didn't get any inside the twenty. Um, but overall, I've been happy with his progression all year, and it's honestly kind of been a bright spot considering we we didn't know what to expect. Cool. So um, maybe to wrap up, Boston College guys, any any sort of comments about expectations coming in, what you're expecting, what you saw. Um, Cody, let's flip it to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we wanted to see the continued progression of Deshaun Watson and, you know, save the interceptions. You did see a pretty solid game. I mean, 420 yards of passing, uh, three touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. He looked good. He needs to improve. Uh, a little bit of that is, is just um, is the offensive line a little bit out of its control. You need to see him take less hits, but I'm, I'm optimistic. Overall, I give him a pretty pretty solid grade for the game and going into some of these really... It almost seemed like the Boston College game was a road game. I, I know it wasn't, but it, it just kind of felt like the energy or whatever it was. I think going into the, uh, the road game, the only one we've had so far is Louisville. Let's see how we can do at Miami and NC State and maintain that same level of play. 
Yeah, on offense, um, I really expect to see Hunter Renfro uh, continue to play more. He's been playing really well, and he's going to be a factor for years to come for this team, so really excited about that. Um, you know, overall, I thought our offense, we, we had a game plan. We stuck to it. It wasn't going well at first, but we kept throwing the ball deep, and it, it started to pay off once Watson settled down. How about on the defensive side? I think for me, um, one of the keys coming in was can we protect – can we win the turnover battle? Can we protect the ball? We, we lost the turnover battle, um, but our defense was, I mean, their, their points generally came off of our, our turnovers. So unfortunately, I think we lost that piece. But, um, you know, overall, from our defensive standpoint, um, I think I'm not as worried because those scores came on short fields. Well, I'm glad I saved my uh, shutout prediction uh, for this game. It just didn't feel right to me. I know Boston College hasn't scored a lot this year. Granted, two of those scores came uh, after turnovers, which we kind of said that that could be a factor uh, coming into this game, and we really need to start to limit that. Um, I was surprised with how many rushing yards they got. They were able to rush the ball on us, although, again, Pagano played well. We did a good job limiting the big plays, though. Only two, a 45-yard run and a 39-yard pass. Um, and, I mean, overall, I, I know, yeah, stopping big plays is going to be key, especially we're going to face some solid playmakers coming up. I don't think anyone... Uh, we weren't too fearful. We didn't have too many names being dropped in the Boston College preview of, of big play capability. Um, Georgia Tech had a couple against us. So hopefully that's something that, you know, if we are winning the battles elsewhere on the offense or against their offense, that even if we let up a couple of those doesn't burn us overall. Um, but if, if we're not seeing that happen and the big play is out there, that's when we can get in trouble. And I guess for special teams, um, you know, again, we mentioned all the things we've been looking for to improve. I don't know that this week saw market improvement in any area. It's kind of more of the same week in, week out. Um, so, yeah, no real news updates there. I think all around we've been average all year long. I would like to see one or two areas start to excel because, again, if you're talking about being a playoff team or a national championship contender, you need to be solid in all phases of the game. Cool. So uh, we will take the sixth win, um, definitely in – uh, definitive fashion over Boston College. They're always a, a tough game, generally. Um, good we got them at home this year with that great defense. Um, and we will move on and do the Miami preview coming up this week. We actually have an interview coming up um, with someone from the Miami community um, that we will be excited to feature on our Wednesday podcast. Um, so before we wrap today, I think we can do a quick around the horn, um, compelling news and scores around college football. Um, Polls came out today, Clemson and the AP and the coaches actually moved a spot backwards um, into the number six position. Uh, we were jumped by LSU, who got a top 10 victory hosting Florida. Um, everybody probably saw that dramatic Michigan State-Michigan ending. Uh, Michigan State did not jump us, but definitely got, got them right at our heels, providing some pressure. Alabama beat A&M. You know, they're, they're going to be there too. It's only a matter of time before... The SEC bias kind of pushes them into the top five. So, um, you know, kind of sucks. We, we win our game definitively, handle our business, and move backwards. But two things I'll say on that. Um, the LSU win is more impressive than a BC win, like, admittedly. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it matters well, let's, either. Well, let's be honest. The SEC has been out of the top five for way too long this season. And, you know, they're just looking for an excuse to, to bump them back up, too. So... I think I'm not surprised that that happened. Um, let's handle our business. LSU, I think, is going to lose to Alabama. Um, 
So handle our business, keep winning. We're going to see Baylor and TCU play each other. So there's a team that could fall behind us. Um, Ohio State still has Michigan, Michigan State on the table. Um, Utah has some tough games. So plenty of opportunities still for teams ahead of us to lose, especially since nobody's looked fantastic, like absolutely great this year. Maybe Baylor, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I, really, you know, have, don't get a chance to watch the games and go as deep as I'd like to, but because I'm, you know, obviously focused on Clemson, but it, no one looks great. I'm, I'm definitely a little surprised at the lack of respect we get in the AP poll. Um, Baylor, to me, is the, is the only team that's really been head and shoulders above the rest. Granted, they haven't played a, a great opponent up to this point. Uh, just kind of feel like we're, we're not getting respect, but I think when it comes to the, the selection committee, I think we will get respect. When you say we're not getting respect, is that because we moved back? I mean, we are in the top six. They did move us up after beating Notre Dame, and then after beating Tech, um, we moved up. So Maybe it's not getting respect. It's just like archaic logic of AP poll voting. The person that's ahead of you, he, they win regardless of opponent. They, they generally stay ahead of you. Um, without like any objective uh, criteria in terms of like who have you played, are you beating them the way you should be beating them? You know, looking at UTCU, are you squeaking games out against opponents you shouldn't be? Um, I, I feel like that's not. It's really the who was ahead of you to begin the polls will stay there. Well, and that's actually very typical of the coaches' poll, um, and that's why I don't really give much credit to that poll at all. Um, the AP that does go a little bit deeper into looking at that. Uh, but still, you got the media or darlings in SEC teams and then big-name teams such as Michigan and Michigan State. They get really excited to push them back up there. Um, Utah's ahead of us. I really don't have any gripes against them because they just keep winning. Um, so they're doing the same thing we're doing. Um, some interesting thing in some other games I saw yesterday is Florida State looked really good in the second half against Louisville and put them away by 20 points, which is obviously – a uh, lot bigger margin than what we play them against. Um, the bright spot of college football yesterday for me, though, was uh, Ole Miss going down to Memphis. That was great. And you know what You know what they say, this doesn't take anything away from the SEC, but it does mean that Memphis is a legitimate top 15 team now. And I think they did jump up. Yeah, they're, they're ranked. I mean, they are undefeated. They're, they're, they're a quality team. I just think, uh, if, you know, the respect that Ole Miss gets and the SEC gets as a whole... They they don't take a step back when they when they lose games like this. However, if a team like Miami goes in, plays Memphis, and loses, that that's just a bad thing across the whole ACC. The end of your season, yeah. Memphis jumped up to eighteen and uh, seventeen in the coaches, eighteen in the AP. I mean, you know, I'll I'll be just as happy to bash the SEC as anybody else for the bias going on there. I think ultimately, just what this means is it's one one less team, one fewer team that you know could have one loss in their schedule and. They could potentially have snuck into, and they still could um, sneak into the SEC championship game. That was an out of conference loss, right? So, um, you know, we'll see with that. But I just think it's one less team that, I mean, Ole Miss could kind of make a mess of things if they if they do go on um, to not lose a game. Actually, they lost to Florida. What am I talking about? Um, they have the they have the tiebreaker over Alabama. They that's, could that's the big that's that. the crucial yeah. thing is the tiebreaker against right. Alabama. So if they went out in the SEC West, you're going to have Bama, who, you know, by then they'll, they'll have an LSU win. They'll have a couple more probably ranked wins, um, but Ole Miss could trump them to get into that SEC title game. You could be in a world where you've got the SEC champion Ole Miss team uh, with now what what is it two losses. Um, Bama there, I mean, that could be could be a, a nightmare scenario down the line. But I think this ultimately 
eliminates Ole Miss's kind of at-large, um, you know, qualifications for the playoff. Um, yeah, and then one more. Uh, South Carolina, first game after uh, Steve Spurrier quit. Uh, they beat Vanderbilt 19-10 to yesterday. Uh, they better savor this one because looking at their schedule for the rest of the season, they can chalk one up against the Citadel. That's about it. Uh, all right. Any other kind of takes, guys? Any feedback? Um, I don't know. I feel like it, it was a great weekend overall in college football. Coming, coming up this weekend, the slate is not nearly as impressive or compelling. Uh, so this might be the weekend to, I don't know, go, go take care of errands after that early Clemson Clemson game. Um, it's, a, it's a noon kickoff. It's, of course, 9 a.m. for us here on the West Coast. So we've got the whole day ahead of us after that. Should we take the ladies out to dinner? I think that's a good plan. They deserve it. Yeah. Putting up with us. Yeah, and we can surprise them, too, because they definitely don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, that will be our plan. Thanks again to everybody for tuning in. One more shout-out. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter. Uh, any any past episodes um, or more information you can find out about the podcast on clemsonpodcast.com. Thank you very much. We will catch you guys next week. Go Tigers.